All right. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. It's a pleasure to be up here. I have a question to start out. What in your life right now was once a source of prayer and longing, but now is transformed into a subject of grumbling and complaining? Remember that wonderful child? She was so cute and beautiful when she popped out. And now she's a source of many prayers to the Father and grumbling and complaining to your spouse about the trials and difficulty that this child brings in your life. And if only she would get down the truth of obey your parents in the Lord, then we would all be good. How about that spouse that you asked for? You prayed to God to get out of the single life, and now you're grumbling and complaining to your buddies and to the Lord about your ball and chain. You don't like the way she, or he, I should say, puts on the toilet paper roll. They put it on backwards. They leave their clothes on the ground. They scrunch up the toothpaste in a way that you just wish they would do it a little bit neater. Does this sound familiar? What about that job that you begged the Lord for? You said, oh man, if only I could have this job, life would be so good. And now you wake up in the morning and you think about your boss breathing down your neck or that co-worker that's just giving you grief. And you grumble and complain to the Lord. I don't know if I want to do this again. Isn't it interesting how we can so quickly go from expectation and prayer and faith and it turns into grumbling and complaining after the Lord answers our prayers and we even skip sometimes that little in-between of thanksgiving to the Lord. Well, we have something in common with the Israelites in the Bible. We know the story, right? They cried out to the Lord to rescue them from the trials and difficulties that they were suffering under Egypt and Pharaoh. And the Lord heard their cries, right? Sent a deliverer, Moses, rescues them. They get out into the wilderness, and the Lord is providing food and clothing. And yet they start to grumble and complain. They get tired of the manna every day, and then they get tired of the quail, and they grumble and complain. They even come to a point where they say, it would be better off if we were back in Egypt. And you, you read that, and you think, what? Are you serious? You can't be serious about that. That seems so short-sighted. All those hundreds of years you struggled under oppression, and you want to go back. Well, we can be the same. Maybe not under oppression like that. But we can quickly start to grumble and complain about something the Lord has provided for us and answered us. Our hearts can be so fickle. Today we're going to look at thankfulness and gratitude. And they're, they're side of the same side, different sides of the same coin. Thankfulness and gratitude. You're going to hear me use those words interchangeably as we go through here this morning. So my hope and prayer 
is that God will help you graduate with a degree in thankfulness and gratitude. Maybe not this morning, but sometime in life. But we're going to go to school this morning, okay? The title of this teaching is Majoring in Gratitude, Preparing for Life's Advanced Lessons. So, talking about graduation and majoring in something, have you ever heard a good commencement speech? No? I have. I heard a really good one on YouTube. It's going around. It's by this brigadier general or something, and he talks about making your bed in the morning and uh, a lot of other good stuff, but it's really good. You should look it up. Um, But it's interesting because... Schools often pay lots of money for good speakers to come in and speak during a commencement graduation ceremony. But I don't know about you, but I've been to two graduations of my own, my high school and my college, and I don't even remember there being a speaker, to be honest with you. They probably did have a good speaker, but I didn't, I didn't listen. I was just ready to throw my hat and celebrate, right? Isn't that the case with most graduates, and that was the case with the Israelites as well. Back in the desert, okay, let's go back to the desert. Moses, in Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 14, most of the verses that I'm going to read this morning are from the NIV, so I know some of you have little pocket phones and can turn to whatever translation. Um, You can turn to Deuteronomy 8. We're going to start off here. And this is where Moses gives somewhat of a commencement speech to the Israelites, okay? They are graduating from the wilderness. They've been wandering around for a long time, and they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses has this little talk for them. But just like those graduates like myself, the Israelites didn't listen. Or they forgot real quickly what he said. But my hope and prayer is that you don't this morning as we read through these scriptures and go to school with gratitude. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll start to read here. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we thank you, God. You have done so much for us. Uh, You've given us life and forgiveness of sin and so many blessings. God, we pray this morning that you would... Uh, Speak to each one of us, Lord. Show us um, how we can grow in this area. Show us how you want us to mature in this area of gratitude, God. Even me, as I deliver this teaching, God, that you would speak to me. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 14. So I'm not going to have the scripture up here, but those numbers correspond to verses. They're just highlighting words. As I read through here, and I'm not going to read all the verses, but I'm going to read some of them that give us an idea of what Moses is talking about. This section is entitled, Remember the Lord Your God. All right? Verse 1, be careful to follow every command that I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. I'm not going to comment on every verse, but this verse, it's really important. God is giving them direction through Moses about how to have life. So many of God's commands are for our good 
And if we would walk in them, we would be able to experience the life that God intended for us to live. And that's what he's talking about here. Verse 2 says, remember how the Lord did all of this. Not you did all of this, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Verse 10, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good that he has given you. Verse 11, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands and his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you to this day. Otherwise, otherwise, your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. But remember that he led you. Remember that he gave you. Verse 17, you may say to yourself, if you don't remember, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to even produce wealth. Everything is from the Lord. Verse 19 says, If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify to you today that you will surely be destroyed. Remember the Lord or you will be destroyed. And actually that's probably supposed to be 19 because that's where that verse is. If we fail to remember God and thank him for our blessings, we will be destroyed. And what is, how will we be destroyed? Through pride. Pride is a destroyer. Pride is in opposition, opposing force to having a grateful heart. Pride takes credit that rightfully belongs to God, as we see in these verses. When you are proud, you forget God and you're left with yourself. Pride says, I did this, not God. Pride creates an inflated view of self, a sense of entitlement. We've seen that, right? I don't need to thank you. I deserve this. Verse 17 says, in your heart, you truly believe that I did this. I accomplished this. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. You know, um, I listened to this comedian named Brian Regan. I don't know if you've ever heard him, but I love him. He's hilarious. We grew up, my kids listen to him. And he has this <clears throat> one little story that he tells. It's called the Me Monster. Uh, it's really good. He's at a party, and he's telling the people this cool story, and he's, everybody's engaged, and then somebody in the crowd says, yeah, that reminds me of when I did this, and I did that, and me, and me, 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 me. He talks about the me monster, and it's hilarious. You got to listen to him. He's way better. But have you ever met a person like that that will take a conversation and then begin to talk about themselves? Everything you say comes back to them. Yeah, that reminds me of when I did this. Or maybe you've been that me monster. I hope that we can grow out of that. We can graduate from that. James 4, 6, 4, 6 says, I don't know, I didn't do my slides yet. Okay, James 4, 6 says that um, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
God opposes the proud, but he gives favor. Another translation says God gives favor to the humble. And, and when we have God's favor, we can live that life that we were talking about in Deuteronomy. When we are humble, gratitude is a natural outpouring of our heart. With humility, there's favor from God. And so how do I become more humble? I'm grateful. I give thanks. And as I give thanks, as I practice thankfulness, it helps me become more humble. So today we're going to look at this command to be thankful through talking about going to school. That's why we kept you shine kids in here, because we know you were missing school. So we're going to go to school this morning, and we're going to talk about going to school and graduating, majoring in gratitude. So let's start out in primary school. Primary school of thankfulness and gratitude is called the for me grade. What is the for thee? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, not for me. <laughs> That's opposite of the for thee grade. This is thankfulness for the blessings, right? This is primary school. It's thanking God for my life and my clothes and my house and my shoes and my car. We could go on and on and on. It's also thanking others for the blessings that they give us. Thank you, Mom, for that sweater. Thank you, Pastor Keith, for that lunch that you bought me. Thank you, Ernesto, for that job you gave me. It's acknowledging the good things to God and to others. Let's look at a couple of verses. We know these verses. They're famous verses. They're good verses. Psalm 100, the whole psalm is about this um, topic of thankfulness. It says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Do we start out when we start to pray to the Lord? Thank you, God. That's what God calls us to do. That's what the word says. Paul, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is a great example of giving thanks to others and for others. First uh, and 2 Corinthians, right, is a, it's a difficult book for the Corinthians. It was a lot of reproof and correction. But look how Paul starts it. 1 Corinthians 1, 4, he says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. Paul starts out with thanking others. Um, I listened to this guy, Dr. Andrew Huberman, and I heard a recent podcast from him where he was talking about the mental and physical benefits of having a life of gratitude, having thankfulness. But it was a little bit different. It was interesting. He said that the, the most benefit comes from thankfulness, not when we practice thankfulness to God and others, but when we receive thankfulness. He said science, science, science has proven, they've done these studies where they hook up stuff to your, the people's brain. And stuff starts to happen when we have that feeling after somebody has thanked us. Thank you, Pastor Keith. I so appreciate you and all that you do for this church. That feeling that we get 
it actually begins to change our biology and benefits us mentally and physically. So think about this. When I thank others for what they've done or who they are, I'm not only obeying God, but I'm helping their biology. I'm helping them grow and improve physically and mentally. That's pretty exciting to think about. I've heard it said, though, that unspoken thanks is often perceived as ingratitude. So we may think in our head, oh, man, I really appreciate that person and what they just did. But if we don't say it, they may perceive that we are ungrateful. And often, because we tend to go toward the negative, it is perceived as ingratitude. So we have to not just think about it in our brain. We have to tell the Lord and tell others how thankful we are. Maybe write it down. Write it down to the Lord or write it down to a person. But we have to say something. We have so much to be thankful for, but sometimes that we even struggle in this primary school of gratitude, right? Uh. So in 2018, I took a sabbatical, and I went into this sabbatical um, depressed, discouraged, disillusioned, and angry at God. But God was gracious and met me where I was. He was so good to me. I came out of this period with a deeper understanding of this type of gratitude, the four the blessings that God has given me. I learned so much about gratitude during this season. I really pressed into this area, and the Lord grew me. I learned about the benefits of living a grateful life, a thankful life, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. One person that I read a lot of was Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Um, she's awesome. That was the book that I read, Switch on Your Brain, The Key to Happiness, Thinking and Health. She is a Christian lady. Uh, she's a neuroscientist. She has worked with people. She started out working with people with brain damage. Uh, early on when they said you couldn't change the brain, and, and she... Um, communicates that we can change our brain. We can literally change the makeup of our brain. And one of the ways that we can do that is through thankfulness and gratitude. She talks about in this book and some of her other stuff that research has proven that gratitude changes our biology. It shows, she shows how being thankful increases our longevity. It increases our ability to use our imagination it increases our ability to problem solve. It makes us feel that life is worth living, which brings mental health benefits and a positive feedback loop that leads to more resilience. The ability to bounce back quicker during hard times. She says, therefore, gratitude is essential to overcoming difficult circumstances and achieving success in all areas of your life. One of the things that she says and others said, and I read a lot and thought about during this season, was creating a practice of gratitude. And a bunch of people were talking about this, but I remember 
mainly, uh, I don't know why she stood out to me, but Oprah Winfrey, uh, if you ever heard her, she says, she says this a lot. She says, I practiced for years, starting my day, writing down five things that I'm thankful for. And I said, man, if Oprah Winfrey can do it, I can do it. So I started a, a gratitude journal during that season. And um, I continued it for many years, uh, faithfully every day. I was started out with five, and then I went to three, so I'd keep going. And I number them. Uh, and I continue to number them. Getting ready for this teaching, I started it up again. So this was from November 25th, and I'm on 1,963 thanks, okay? My goal is 10,000, so I'm keeping track. But that day I said uh, I was thankful for a day off. I was thankful for a spiritual conversation that I got in. I was thankful for my wife. I'm often thankful for my wife. That's the great thing about a gratitude journal. You can say thanks for the same things and Man, it shows you how thankful you are for some people in your life. And I was thankful that God loves me. So that was my gratitude journal for that day. And it, it, this season of my life changed me. It changed me so much that my kids, my adult kids, began to ask me, Dad, what are you doing? You're different. And that's when you really know something's going on, Right? Sometimes uh, ask, uh, giving gratitude at this base level, it can be difficult. Sometimes we start out and we're like, I don't know what to give thanks for. And uh, it was difficult for me as I began to do this every day. And I found these lists. This was one of the lists that I have. It has 60 things to give thanks for. And so sometimes I pull up that list and I just read through that. And it doesn't take me long to begin to think about those things that I'm thankful for. A practice of gratitude can change your life. One of the things that it does is it enables you to live a life of joy. And here's something counterintuitive about joy, okay? Gratitude is the pathway to joy, not the other way around. We often think, well, if I'm joyful, then I'll be grateful. But it studies, studies and research has shown that it's the other way around. It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joy. It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. Brene Brown, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's another scientist. This is so interesting. I found her during that season as well. She talks about a lot about gratitude and thankfulness and she says, in 12 years of research, 11,000 pieces of data interviewing hundreds of people, I did not interview in all that time a person who would describe themselves as joyful or describe their lives as joyous who did not actively practice gratitude. So do you want to have joy in your life? I want to have joy in my life. I think most of us want to have joy in our life. And it seems directly related to this practice of gratitude. So let's finish this grade with another commencement speech, kind of. Um, it's a quote from Sam Crabtree, who recently wrote a book called Practicing Thankfulness. Good book if you want to know how to practice thankfulness. This is what he says. I, this is a really good quote. He says, to practice thankfulness... You don't just feel something, you do something. Thanks is something you give. 
Thankfulness enjoys something, and thankfulness expresses. Thankfulness expressed enhances that joy. To be grateful and yet not express it is like learning a song but never singing it. It's like riding a roller coaster to the very top and getting off and walking down. It's like taking a deep breath, but never exhaling. It's like buying an ice cream cone and just looking at it and watch it drip and melt in your hand. It's like getting a wedding ring and not giving it to somebody. Gratefulness is completed and consummated in the expression of it. So let's give thanks, guys. Now let's go on to secondary school, okay? Shine, you've already graduated into secondary school. Now we're, this is a good day for you guys, okay? Secondary school of gratitude is the even though grade of gratitude. This is thankfulness in adversity, okay? Who's the first person that comes to your mind from the Bible that you think about exhibits this type of gratitude? I heard Job. Somebody said Paul. That's the guy to it. But I thought of Job. My wife thought of Paul. Um, we know about Job, right? Right after the storm. Um, killed his entire family, all his livestock, all his livelihood. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Now, we don't find the word, thank God in this verse, but we know that that's what he's doing. It's interesting when you study out the word praise, it's like seven Hebrew words and two of them can be translated as thanksgiving or thankfulness. So they correspond to one another. So Job's response is an even though type of gratitude. Job's response reflects a profound acknowledgement of God's sovereignty and a willingness to give thanks, even though I'm facing overwhelming adversity. We know what 1 Thessalonians says, right? That's what it says. I forgot to put the verse reference. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This grade of gratitude goes beyond the surface level blessings. And it involves praising God in the midst of challenges, difficulties, and maybe even trauma in our life. It is a more mature form of gratitude that acknowledges God's presence and trustworthiness in difficult circumstances. I've heard it said that a lot of us are looking for God's will, right? God, what's your will for my life? It's right here. Here it is. I know it's not exactly the question you were asking, but but it's something, and we know this is God's will, so if we'll walk in it, maybe he'll lead us in other ways that we're asking him to lead us. First Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We know this one too. Don't be anxious about anything. Nothing. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, there it is again. Do we come to God when we're anxious with th- Thank you, God, even though I'm going through this, I'm anxious, I'm fearful, 
I'm afraid. God, I'm thankful, even though I'm in this situation. And then it says, if we do this, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we not only have joy, but we have peace. Two things from gratitude. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty wonderful area to major in. You find where I was here. You know, I have many even though areas of Thanksgiving. I drink a lot, so when I talk, I get a dry mouth, so I hope it doesn't distract you, but anyway. Um, you know, uh, even though my dad was an alcoholic and was horrible with his money, I thank God because I learned from him. He was a hard worker. He was in construction. And I learned from him how to get by on a very little to make it. And it helped me when I was a pastor and we had four kids and my wife stayed at home and we learned to get by on little. So even though I was very thankful for my dad, uh, even though I was drinking and driving in college and I ran a stop sign going about 80 miles an hour and hit a family, even though that happened, I was so thankful, one, that I didn't kill anybody. They all walked away. All my friends walked away. The cop that drove me home was a Christian. I had just come to Christ. And I asked this guy, I said, are you a Christian? He goes, yeah. I said, would you pray for me? He said, yeah. And that was a pivotal point in my life. It was a difficult journey, but even though that happened, I'm so thankful that God brought me through it and brought me out of it. What is your even though that you're going through right now? That you need to choose to give thanks and trust in the goodness of God that he's going to bring you through. You know, I really appreciate two men in this congregation, Dick and Robert. These old guys, they really exhibit this even though. You know, I don't know if you know, but as you get older, you have lots of aches and pains. You know, your shoulder goes out, your knee goes out, your back goes out. And even though that's the case with these two men, they walk in here every day, every Sunday, with joy in their heart, even though they don't feel physically sometimes very well. They're thankful to God for bringing them here to worship with us. And I really appreciate them. They exhibit this even though. Are you going through an area in your life even though you can't, you can't see the goodness of God or you can't give thanks in it right now? You're like, eh, Steve, I don't think I can give thanks. This is a good time to rely on your brothers and sisters in Christ because they're not in that situation and they may have eyes of faith that can look into your situation and help you give thanks in that situation. That's what our community groups are about, getting close to one another so we can help each other go through these trials and difficulties. Okay, so we are graduating from this even though. Let's go on to graduate school. We're really cruising now. This is the because of type of gratitude. It's a thankfulness because of the purpose of God in my difficulty, in my trials, in my traumas. This is not in spite of. This is because of. And the real blessing here is when God begins to give you an understanding 
of the purpose of your trial. And so it really takes you knowing God and walking with God to where he begins to show you, this is what I'm doing in the midst of this difficulty. This is a hard one to get to sometimes. It really, we have to rely on the grace of God to enable us, to give us understanding of his purposes. Some, you may never understand. And we're stuck back in the even though, and that's okay. But we can ask God for this one, the because of. Um, I think Joseph really exhibited this type of thankfulness. This, I love this verse. I've read it so often in my Christian life because <clears throat> I'm crying out to the Lord to help me get to this level of understanding and, and thankfulness. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So Joseph, he started out with that for thee type of Thanksgiving, right? You know, he got his coat from his dad, and he's like, thank you, thank you for the coat. And then he went through that even though type of Thanksgiving where he was thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, falsely accused, thrown in a dungeon. He's probably in the even though. Even though this is going on, I'm just going to give thanks. I have no idea, God, what you're doing. But then he gets to a place where God lifts him up to the second highest place of authority in the land. And because of that, he was able to save his family, his entire family. And this, if you didn't know, is when his brothers are bowing down before him and they are scared because of his authority that he's just going to kill them. And he says, brothers, don't worry about it. God has given me the because of type of gratitude. You intended to harm me, but I know that God intended it for good to accomplish for the purpose of saving your life, my dad's life, and so many others. Really good. You know who else is, exhibits this type of gratitude? It's Jesus. Surprise, you know Jesus. Okay, this is a great verse, Acts 2.23. It says, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. On the surface, it looked pretty bad. Think about what Mary, his mother, was thinking and feeling when Jesus was nailed to the cross. She wasn't thinking it was too good. But we know, because of that, we have a relationship with the Father for all of eternity. And what's really interesting and really neat about this is Jesus knew the purpose, even ahead of time. It says in Hebrews 12, too, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew what was going to happen because of the cross. I'm going to bring salvation to all mankind. And this verse is really awesome, too. Hebrews 5 8 and 9, it says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. And in this way, through him learning the obedience, which that's a challenging verse. You should study it sometimes. It's really good. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest 
And he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. This is a powerful verse. Because of the suffering, we know that Jesus is our Savior. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord and Savior and your high priest, we encourage you to chat with us. I'm available after church. Pastor Keith's available. I'm sure maybe a friend who brought you today. One final thing about Jesus, too, is that because of the fact that he's our high priest, he understands our struggle with grumbling and complaining. Yeah. I used to, <laughs> it's pretty bad. I used to tell, I used to take these mission trips, and we, we did this uh, session on spiritual warfare. And actually, spiritual warfare on mission trips often comes from within. And I would share with my teammates as I'm leading, I said, you know, hey, guys, my weakness is grumbling and complaining. When we get out there on the field, I might fall into that. I might be tempted. And I did. I was much more, grum- I was much more of a grumbler and complainer. Now, but God has helped me. I haven't graduated yet, but I'm working on it. And he's helped me. Um, one of the because of areas of gratitude is my upbringing. I had a really difficult upbringing. I, I've heard y'all's stories, some of your stories, and I know you've had, some of you have had very difficult upbringings. But one of the things that happened during my upbringing is I, God made me a survivor. I figured out how to make it through in these difficult times. I became really good at solving problems. And because of that, God has carried that into my life now. In the things that I do, I'm able to solve problems. It's really neat in my career now. Uh, property management, we have a byline that says, we make problems go away. <laughs> for the owner and for the tenant, God's made me a problem solver because of the difficulty that I grew up in. But I will say that I'm still learning the because of in certain trials and difficulties of my life. What difficulty or trial or trauma have you gone through or are you in that it would be good for God, it would be nice for God to reveal the because of so that I can even be more thankful for this difficulty that I've gone through or that I'm in. And again, as we said, we can run to the throne of grace. We can ask God to give us insight and help us be grateful and in because of, not in spite of, because of this difficult thing that I'm going through. All right. In closing, I want to say that I'm thankful to Stephen Furtick for a sermon that I heard. I've been studying out this area of thankfulness for a long time. But the outline that I got gave you today came from Steve Furtick, and I'm thankful for it. If you go listen to his sermon, Graduating, In gratitude, it'll be way better than what I shared with you today. But I want to ask you, what grade are you in? Are you in the for the phase or grade of thankfulness? Have you moved on to the even though? Are you in the because of? The reality is we'll probably be in all these grades all our life. You know, at one time we thought school might end, but school never ends. And if we're wise, if we want to be wise, we'll stay in school and keep learning and asking God to help us 
grow. So, um, <clears throat> as I said, a very important part of this gratitude, truth, lifestyle, is practicing it. Okay? So that's what we're going to do right now. I want you to turn to a neighbor and tell them something that you're thankful for thee in your life, whatever it might be. So turn to your neighbor and just share something you're thankful for. And then the other person does the same thing. Okay, everybody participate. It's very important to participate. What are you thankful for? All right. So, <clears throat> amen. So, there's one more thing. I'm not going to make you do it to, right now, but I want you to think about this, okay? Because this is kind of moving on. Moving past the for the blessings in my life, and you're going to thank somebody else what you're thankful for them. What reason are you thankful for this other person in your life? You don't have to do this today, right now, but I want to encourage you to find something. If you can do it right now, great, but I won't force it upon you because it could be difficult. You could be wrestling. I don't know if I'm very thankful for this person right now. So pray about it and think about how you're thankful for that person in your life and express it. Remember, that's the consummation is expressing it. Don't hold it inside. So you see how easy that was? This is such an easy thing for us to do. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And if we continue to press in, it, it can change our life and it can change the lives of those around us. Don't we want to be around joyful people? We don't want to be around grumpy old complaining people. Right, you know, I'm going to close I, I, just a stanza from this song that I heard this morning. I've never heard this song, but golly, it fits right in. It's a song by Seth Schluter called Counting My Blessings. One, two, three, up to infinity. I run out of the numbers before I could thank you for everything. God, I'm still counting my blessings all that you've done in my life, the more that I look in details, the more of your goodness I find. Father, on this side of heaven, I know that I'll run out of time, but I will keep counting my blessings, knowing I can't count that high. Amen.